But we're at a point in human history where it's a, a major choice we have to make as humanity. Um, there's a verse in the Deuteronomy that says, choose life or choose death. I offer you blessings or curses, so choose life. And it's a choice we make. Uh, it can't be imposed on us. And I'm looking at what's happening right now with our politics and not just America, but the rest of the world. It is scary that we're heading toward death. All right. So welcome, dear friends, to Tony Talks Humanity Matters. It's a safe and sacred space where we can strive to live a life of purpose, celebrate our uniqueness, and enhance our physical, mental, and spiritual health so we can live to our highest potential. And in this episode, we're delving into a topic that's a really important one, and it's in alignment with my own divinely inspired passion and my purpose, which is to move humanity forward in a conscious way so we can make this world a better place. My guest today is Marty Cheek. Martin goes by Marty, and he has a has set an audacious goal for humanity, which is to end war by 2040. He's the co-founder of Life Media Group based in the Silicon Valley community of Morgan Hill. And uh, he was inspired just as a 10-year-old boy during a trip to Berlin with his mother who survived World War II in Germany. This award-winning newspaper publisher and transformational media entrepreneur seeks a vision for uniting humanity to the power of media. And as the co-founder of Life Media Group that manages publications Morgan Hill Life and Gilroy Life, Morgan Hill, my hometown, woo woo. Marty, Marty focuses on creating innovations in community-centered journalism. He believes journalism can highlight everyday heroes while confronting humanity's biggest challenges. Marty is also the author of Vision 2020, Be a Hero for Humanity, and a fictional companion book called Humanity, a Vision 2020 Novel. So with all of that said, Marty, welcome, my friend. Wow, transformational media entrepreneur. I really like that. I'll put that on my card. So I, I yeah, for sure. I think yeah. that's a great title. Yeah. Well, People I mean, are just making up titles these days. Yeah. So why not? Right. <laughs> I'm generally publisher, but uh transformational media entrepreneur entrepreneur. So I hey, know. I love you, Tony. You've always been so fun to be around and so positive. And we need more people like you on this planet. So, but Let's talk about Vision 2020. What, what what should I talk about? Yeah, let's do that. So first of all, is there anything you want to add to your background that I didn't get to? Just for people who maybe have not met you yet, I have a huge following and I know you're going to be new to a lot of these people. So is there anything about your background or what what brought you here today that that uh, would help to set the stage for what we're going to talk about. I think the number one thing I would like to tell your uh, audience is I'm an ordinary guy. I'm not anybody special. And I look at myself as just average American, uh, kind of a nobody. And I kind of like it that way. And I think most people feel that way about themselves. You know, they're not trying to be, you know, the richest man in the world or richest woman in the world. They're just trying to live ordinary good lives. And uh, I think that's the key to achieving a better world is everybody who's ordinary comes together in an extraordinary way to make the world better for everyone. And that's the key to make it better for not just the rich or for uh, a certain group demographics, but for every human being. 
And we could also throw in the environment too, all the animals and plants too. So, absolutely, all the sentient beings. I'm big about that, and I'm I've turned into, you know, as I've come along in my humanity journey and my spiritual journey. I, you know, I get little bugs in the house and I'll put them outside. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to hurt animals anymore. It's just you know, as you as you go through life and you realize how connected we really are. And I think one of the beautiful things with with what you're doing and why it's in alignment with me it's really that 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 loving uh, accepting connected ability for all of us to come together with this common purpose and really remember who we are we're loving beings and i think some of us have forgotten that along the way yeah no um the word agape uh is not commonly used but i think it's probably the most important word we can use right now especially our leaders um it means love of humanity it's a greek word and it goes beyond, you know, the other three loves that Greeks have, erotica, with it, uh, friendship, and family. And it goes to a love of your entire family, uh, human family. And uh-huh. uh, that's really what we need to do now is focus on agape. Um, it's, a, it's a very powerful religious thing. A lot of, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and many other religions use or bring that in in some form. And uh, I think we need to do that, not necessarily religiously, but politically, economically, socially, um, media. Uh, I'm obviously I've been in the media since I was 18, which is going to be uh, 40 years, 30 years from now. Pretty ah, soon. <laughs> next year. I just, turned, I just turned uh, 57. So but we're at a point in human history where it's a, a major choice we have to make as humanity. Um, there's a verse in the Deuteronomy that says, choose life or choose death. I offer you blessings or curses, so choose life. And it's a choice we make. Uh, it can't be imposed on us. And I'm looking at what's happening right now with our politics and not just America, but the rest of the world. It is scary that we're heading toward death um, and not not just a spiritual death, but, you know, with a possible war between China and America in the next 20 to 30 years, we could wipe ourselves off the face of the earth. Um, we have the tools to do it. Um, the technology, but we really need the wisdom to prevent that from happening. And that's where we use another tool, media. We we have tools right now, the internet and our digital devices and so much, you know, that we do use today that's common. We can use that to bring people together, to uh, interconnect people and bring people as one human family. And we're going in the opposite direction, unfortunately. So that's what Life Media Group wants to do is bring people together for the benefit of all humanity. And uh, so I started it 10 years ago with my business partner, Robert Aroldi. Great guy. You know him already. I and- do. Very good guy. Just just like you are. Yeah, good, <laughs> good partners. And uh, we're going to the next stage next week on uh, Monday. And it scares me because... I'm not a, like I said, I'm an ordinary guy. I'm a nobody. And I don't know what's going to happen if, you know, this thing takes off. It'll be a lot of fun, but pretty scary too. But so I'm asking Americans to support this movement. Uh, We started here in Silicon Valley. It grows to California, it grows to America. And once the rest of the world sees Americans saying, hey, maybe we can bring people together using media, then I think it will be a flashpoint for the rest of the world. Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing, Marty, if people looked at Americans and say, you know what, they've got their stuff together. (laughs) (laughs) 
That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. And what's really more amazing is it's 100% possible that we can get our stuff together. Oh, um, of course. We, Absolutely. We just have to make, like this. I said, the choice, you know, life or death, you know, blessings or curses. And um, and I don't know if we can do it. Uh, there's no certainty in, in the universe, but I know we can do it. Uh, it's not a question of, of possibility. It's a po- po- question of probability. More people that get involved with this movement to bring peace and many other benefits socially and politically and economically to the world, the more likely we will achieve it. And that's the key. Yeah. Numbers. Numbers. So I want to just jump back a little bit. Just something kind of funny happened as I was, you know, I've been reading your book. So I'm just going to show people here. Vision 2020 by Marty Cheek and uh, really interesting book. And what I loved about it, and it goes into a lot of the things that, Marty, that you're talking about. And and the first thing you mentioned was agape. And I just thought it was so funny because just to go back to that, a page fell out, which has never happened to me oh, while shoot. I was reading a book. And it was the page about agape. So there are reasons for these things. And I don't believe in, you know, there are synchronicities. I don't believe in coincidence. That's just me. But it talks about agape being the love for all of humanity. And and I think that when we look at humanity, we're made up of components. We're made up of individuals. Humanity isn't this big conglomerate somewhere. It's not some big company. It's us. It is us. And so when we can take steps as individuals, I think that that, that's what you're talking about is getting uh, a mass proportion of people who sign up to this, who have, have this compassion in their hearts, want to see this change reflected in the world, want to see an end to war, want to see, you know, the end to divisiveness, right? And what what came to mind as I was reading this page, I wrote along the top, I wrote Equanimous, which is, as you know, you're, you're in journalism. You probably have a much larger low vocabulary than I, I don't do. Know the, I don't know the word. Equanimous? Equanimous. So oh. E-Q-U-A-N-I-M-O-U-S, equanimous. So I just learned this word a few years ago. And it's to me, it's so powerful. And, and maybe some of our listeners haven't heard it yet either. If you have, awesome. If not, it basically means, uh, you know, comes from the Latin root equal, equal yeah. like equanimous. And it means that when we move through our lives, we don't just look at what's good for us. And we don't, we're not victims. We just don't look at what's good for everybody else. I'm going to, you know, the helpers out there, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to put myself last as a woman. That's just so important, right? So many, a lot of women fall into that, but it's really what is going to be the best for everyone, the common good of everyone. And so if I'm in a business deal, I'm looking at it, not from my business perspective, solely i'm going to look at it from yours and the other person and how it affects and is, is this good for everybody and if we all just operated in that equanimous space that would i mean we're not even talking about people being deeply compassionate for other people or loving them or or being stewards of them or of our earth for example but but just being equanimous with let's just just let's just consider the good of of everybody in this so i had to kind of bring us back to that marty yeah. because i i just love that 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 page fell out. And then also love can conquer hate. And I think just to add to that, I think love can conquer fear. Can you talk a little bit about fear and how uh, people in our society, some of the people that are in politics or, you know, not necessarily individuals, but, but how, how fear 
helps to create this divisiveness and how that ties into the media and, and what you're doing. Yeah, well, it actually comes down to uh, chemistry in your brain. Hmm. Have you heard of the amygdala? I have heard of it. Okay, cool. That's where in your brain, it's like about the size of a kidney bean or so. It's the fight or flight uh, place in your brain that if you are threatened in some way, you're either going to run at the person and maybe hit them or you're going to run away. And that's the thing. And it's not necessarily, a, I mean, yeah, we're, we're biological beings, you know, it does impact us or physically, but it also impacts us emotionally where we build up, you know, the tension where, you know, maybe we're in a business meeting and somebody's insulting you, you know, and you will either either back down and not say anything and be quiet, which is not the right way to handle it, or you will jump on them and, you know, verbally abuse them at that, which is not the way to handle it. Uh, but, you know, that's where the neocortex part of your brain, the front part says, hey, we're not going to deal with that animal nature. We're going to deal with rationality, human, the human nature. And that's when we need to really focus on using our rational mind, the neocortex, the more advanced part of our brain over the amygdala, which is the fight or flight. Remember also, uh, fear is the foundation of anger. So when people are very fearful and they can't do anything about it, their natural response is, and probably it's a nature, you know, it's part of you know how we've evolved psychologically, is to get angry and attack. And that's, uh, that's what we've been seeing a lot in the news lately. Uh, both sides of the spectrum, I see both um, parties, you know, really getting angry and, and attacking uh, each other. And that's not the way a democracy works, a, a democracy based on popular sovereignty, which is the rule of the people. We need to come together as one American people. In fact, the first three words of the Constitution, which is our prime directive as a people, as a government, is we the people, not I the people or you the people. It's we the people. We need to come together with that really basic idea of, you know, popular sovereignty. And uh, that's one of the things about the American experiment that has really, really worked uh, is we come together of government of the people, by the people and for the people, as Abraham Lincoln said at the end of the Gettysburg Address. So that's uh, that's my thoughts on uh, fear and anger and popular song. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I think it's it goes back to that reptilian brain, right? Yeah, oh, no, no doubt. And that's the thing why we need well-educated people, people who have uh, used built their brains. It's, it's like bodybuilding, you know, the more you use your neocortex and rationality and the more you read, the more you uh, study really hard things like science or really fun things for me. It's like science and learn about logic and all that. That builds the neurons in your brain. So you have an easier time going in that direction rather than the uh, amygdala. Confession, I do sometimes find my amygdala <laughs> striking, <laughs> but I, uh, I hold back. You know, I get an email that you know, makes me upset like recently. And I say, Oh, I want to write this. I want to get it. And then I realize, nah, it doesn't make any difference. You know, at the end uh, I come off as a jerk and, you know, so uh, the rationale kicked in, thank God. And, uh, and uh, we didn't, Oh, I didn't send it to a person that was kind of insulting to me. <laughs> so, but that happens all the time. And uh, the better we improve our neocortex, the more we improve our neocortex, I should say, the stronger it gets and the more we're able to control those nasty little emotions that, you know, the demon comes out and uh, is like, oh, shoot, why did I do that? You know, 
well, we don't want to have regrets. You know, we can't take that back. And I think, I think also it's, it's not just the words that people say, it's the thoughts that they have and the feelings. And I think we emit those, right? I think that in, people pick up on them all the time, whether we say things or not, you can walk into a room and say, oh, there's a lot of hostility in here. There's, you know, I don't feel like people are being collaborative. There's a, yeah. there's an aura or a, a you know, a, a nature around the room itself. And I try to practice just being heart-centered, like connecting my head to my heart. I teach that in, in yeah. a lot of the workings, which is, I think it helps balance that out instead of just kind of going with, with just the, the, the response or being reactive, right? It helps keep us in check. And so I, I think that as, as we're evolving, if we can really incorporate all of those things, then it's, we're not trying to control ourselves, right? It's, it's more like, this is our natural response of, of being compassionate. And, and I think that's going to help humanity as well as, as far as the work that I'm doing I'm just I'm seeing a lot of synergy and, and connections between the work you and I are collectively doing right let's talk about women uh let's do I love talking about women Marty <laughs> but women love guys talking about women explaining women to women you know so oh um, like mansplaining to women yeah, no don't yeah. mansplain to women I'm an expert <laughs> on that I've had so much practice so um Biologically, I think women tend to be more intuitive about other people's feelings. Uh, I mean, it's a stereotype, but I think there's some truth in it. Oh, wow. Guys, uh, and, and it goes back to, you know, the caveman days and beyond that, you know, women generally took care of the uh, the kitties and, and uh, made sure, you know, they had food and went out hunting or, or, or um, gathering. And then the guys said, hey, let's go out and hunt and get some, you know, saber-toothed tiger or woolly mammoth. And so they had to kind of be more of a team while women had collaboration. And that impacts our elections and, and in democracy. People who are more aggressive and more risk-taking tend to be, generally speaking, guys, and women who are more collaborative and cooperative. For getting elected, the guy's way is the best because you go, oh, I'm competitive. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat this guy. The women, and this is generally speaking now, the women say, oh, let's find a way to come together and, you know, make make the world better, you know, in terms of, you know, cooperation and collaboration. So what do we have? We have far more men in office, you know, election, uh, um, especially national office in Congress than women. We need a balance. And I think that's really where, you know, we're failing as a democracy is we lack that balance between, you know, men and women in leadership positions. And um, if we can get, you know, at least to the 50-50 point, you know, in that balance, I think it would be healthier for our nation and our democracy, and we would see more cooperation. Uh, if you haven't noticed uh, in the news, you know, the guys are the ones that really tend to be, you know, the guys that are competitive and they think they're on a you know football team and we have to crush the other, you know, team. That's not really how democracy works. It's about coming together with different ideas, finding the best ideas that rise out through intelligent debate, not crushing debate. And uh, so that's one of the reasons I think we need more women in office, not just political office, but also in uh, corporations. You know, uh, media definitely tends to be white bowl guys like me. Um, and we need... <laughs> We need more. Mm -hmm. We need more people, more balance, I think, uh, between men and women, because women and men do look at the world in a very different way. I've noticed that since I was probably in the third grade. I said, girls are different. <laughs> they think differently. So, yes, I mean, I, I think everybody brings something unique and beautiful to the table. And when 
our society is so patriarchal, we're really doing ourselves a disservice because women are are not, I mean, as much as we'd love to say things are equal, they are not. You know, I, I uh, had a stint at National Semiconductor for about five years. And when I had a baby, I came back, my job was gone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, you know, those that happened not that long ago in, in my lifetime. And we like to, we like to think things are equal, but it's not to say they won't be, but we have to be conscious and aware of, of our differences and, you know, and women on boards. That's another area, you know, it's not just politics and corporations, but on, on boards as well. And it's that, you know, I, you know, Marty, I, I know we have a little bit different language around things. I like to call it the divine feminine, which is, the, the feminine side, which is that nurturing side, and every man and has that side as well. And women have feminine and masculine traits, and men have feminine and masculine traits. And I think when we can balance it out, it, it serves everybody because we're, you know, we we have moved away from being in that collaborative, compassionate, let's hear all the sides, let's work through this together. We are all connected. Uh, you know, more feminine mentality to I'm going to win. It's win or lose. It's it's love and hate. It's like there's not a lot of gray area. And we can and say it should be a, about winning and losing. Yeah. There's a lot of women who are more like guys that won't name names, but in Congress that are about winning and crushing the other. You know, these are women. Mm-hmm. And I know there's you know men who are uh, you know let's cool up. Let's let's find ways that we can come together and you know find the ideal solution to this, and not just you know our team wins, your team loses kind of mentality. So you're right. I mean, there is a balance. I like to think of myself as fairly balanced. Um, although I do, do tend, I noticed to go to the manly man kind of side and um, <laughs> mm-hmm. masculinity yeah. kind of rules. And then I, you know, it's like okay, you know, there's a balance. You need that, you know, feminine masculine balance. Uh, it's part of nature, you know. And so, but. Well, and, and Marty, the reason I think it's so important, just from my perspective, is that when there is that balance, there is opportunity. There's opportunity for women. There's opportunity for all kinds of diverse cultures. It's more inclusive. It's more accepting. It's less judgmental. And when I think about making humanity a better place and not having war, wouldn't getting rid of some of these these perceptions and these yeah. d- d- divisive ways of of compartmentalizing people and you're in that group and that group's lesser than that group. And like, like where, where is all this coming from? What's the heart of it? Right. If we get to the heart of it, what are your thoughts? We're human beings. Ultimately we come down to humanity. I mean, obviously there's biological differences, physiological differences and emotional mental differences. But once you get down to the core root of what makes us human, you know, the values that we hold and, you know, hopefully good Mm -hmm. characters, our good characters within ourselves, um, then, you know, the ideal comes out or, or it never comes out perfectly, but you know, it's, it's something that emerges, but but yeah, if we can get more women involved in leadership positions and envision 2020, if you can see that (laughs) I have a chapter, one of the goals, there's 20 golden goals. They call them. Uh, One of them is bring more women into positions of, you know, gender equality, uh, a balance. And I think uh, that will go a long ways to helping alleviate some of the toxic tensions that we have, you know, in, in our offices. For certain, you know, a lot of my listeners and viewers are women. So they all appreciate, very much appreciate that. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Tony Talks Humanity Matters with Marty Cheek. We appreciate you taking the time to explore and engage in meaningful conversations about the essential aspects of our shared humanity. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to stay tuned for part two, where we delve even deeper into thought-provoking topics, share some inspiring stories, and continue our journey in understanding the intricacies of what makes us human and how to move forward in a conscious way. 